Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's your calling to become an authentic midwife? Do you dream of attending women in birth? Have you felt frustrated trying to be a birth worker in the system? Are you looking for a better way to walk with women in total integrity, supporting mother-led physiological birth? Are you dreaming of building a thriving, profitable business as a birth coach? Well, we are thrilled to announce that enrollment for our Radical Birth Keeper School is now open. Classes begin June 1st, so head over to our website and get the details. The time is now, and we need you to join us in this birth revolution. www.radicalbirthkeeperschool.com I'm joined by Sadie, a new mother that just rebirthed her first full-term child not long ago. Sadie first, a few years ago, experienced a pregnancy loss late in her second trimester and chose to stay home and spontaneously birth her precious stillborn son. After dreaming of her daughter, she easily conceived her and committed to the high vibrational work of wild pregnancy. With the support of her beloved partner and her mother, Sadie roared her daughter into the world, guided by the blue light of her spirit son who had passed years ago. Okay, so I guess I should start uh, by mentioning that I grew up in a very masculine household. So I had four brothers. Um, I was always kind of keeping up with the guys. I wasn't connected to women whatsoever. Um, I knew I wanted kids one day, but it wasn't um, on my radar at all. Um, so I, it really starts when I was um, 21. I met a lady and she had two girls. Um, and she, we, we like, she parented her children different than I had grown up. So it was very loving, very validating. Um, they didn't, um, they weren't working for her approval always. And mm-hmm. I had grown up constantly needing the approval of the men in my life. Um, and so I had taken on a lot of, um, their beliefs about women, which was, you know, they're dramatic, they're annoying, they're, uh, mm. I don't know, just your typical patriarch, like household is really what I grew up in. And so when I met her, um, I was just like mind blown with the way that she treated those girls and how it was like this mutual respect of mm. witnessing each other and not so much of teaching. And so I quickly learned um, that she had given birth to her second daughter um, at her home. 
and home birth was like something I thought happened in, in the past. It wasn't something that still happened today. So um, it blew my mind um, learning about that. And it, it really awoke something inside me that um, felt so true. Like I knew from that moment that I was absolutely going to give birth at home. And I didn't know um, the ins and outs of it. I knew nothing about the safety, you know, how safe it was or anything like that. I just knew that that was what I was going to do. Um, and so luckily she had had some, tra tra a traditional birth attendant, um, at her home birth. So I kind of like missed the midwives, um, that were associated with the hospital here. So I didn't even know they existed. I just knew that like, it was an underground thing and, um, yeah, I had no idea that it was attached, like, you know, that there was midwives that were attached to the hospital. So, um, I, it wasn't long after that I met uh, my now husband um, and I knew right from the moment that I met him that we would start a family and it was far in the distance and whatever. It wasn't something on my mind. <laughs> um, but three months later, um, I found out that I was pregnant and I felt so, um, so like naive and immature and like, what did I do? I'm not ready. Like I, and starting a career. We're not, we've been dating for three months. Like it's not, I wasn't ready. And, um, after witnessing my friend, I knew that there were things that I really wanted for my kids. I really wanted to have roots down and I really wanted to be solid in myself. Um, and I was in such a like learning stage of who I was that it was just like shocking. Um, so I was trying to grasp the reality of, of being pregnant. Um, and it not going the exact way that I wanted it to. Um, but I settled in and the whole time I just couldn't picture a baby at the end. I couldn't picture being like really pregnant. I couldn't picture being a mom. Um, and so that was like this weird battle on the inside of like knowing I'm pregnant, but not being able to um, really understand what was happening. Um, so I guess it would have been um, around 16 weeks. Um, I started noticing that I was not growing. And so I wasn't able to accept it because I wasn't, I was so afraid of that outcome. Um, and I guess I should mention that um, I, I didn't plan to use the medical system. I did have an ultrasound um, to date the baby because that felt really important to me at that time. I don't really know why now, but it was really important, um, that I, you know, had a timeline. So something I could grasp to. Um, and so I stopped growing. I, I think everybody knew, but no one was willing to bring it up to me. They knew it wasn't a safe, um, conversation they could have. I, they could probably feel the resistance to it. Um, and it would have been around 23 weeks that I finally started feeling like something's going on. Something's not right. Um, I don't feel pregnant anymore. I'm not sick anymore. I feel great. Um, and so I reached out uh, to Kate, who you had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, she, I'd chosen her to be my, um, my midwife. And I reached out to her um, to see if I could kind of listen to the heartbeat or like, you know, get some sort of understanding of what was going on. And 
she was away traveling. So um, she hooked me up with another traditional uh, birth attendant and I ended up meeting her on my birthday. And so we were listening for the heartbeat and we couldn't find it. And so she asked me, um, how would you feel if, you know, this baby was no longer alive? Um, and although I had so much kind of anxiety about it, um, I just said, you know what, I, like, I think I'll be okay. Like, I think that we'll get through it. Um, I'll be okay. I'll be able to do it. And I don't know where that came from because on the inside, I was absolutely like, I don't know. I was, yeah, I was beside myself. So we went and uh, we were staying in a hotel that at that time. And we, I went, we went back to the hotel and we made love and it triggered some sensations, um, in my uterus. And so I was a little bit intrigued, but obviously very scared as well. Um, and I started spotting. So I still hadn't told anybody what was going on. I hadn't told, um, Scott, uh, my partner that I was, suspicious of you know something happening and so we the next morning we woke up and the contractions were stronger and I was still spotting um so we went home and this time I went to the bathroom and this time I wiped and there was a lot more blood so I like I just remember this like feeling of like acceptance wash over me and knowing that it's time to to acknowledge what's happening uh, so I told him and we went to the hospital, um, because I wanted to know if there was a heartbeat, um, still, this was still stuck on this heartbeat. Like this means that there's life. Right. And so this was probably the worst mistake, um, that I could have made, but it was all I knew to do at the time we went to emerge and we went, um, into labor and delivery and they had these sections, like um, it's just a curtain dividing you and your neighbor. And so we were sitting on the bed and there was this lady beside me that was like 39 weeks pregnant. And she was so frustrated with the situation she was in and, and just wanted this baby to get out of her. And everything that I didn't want to hear at that time was what I was hearing. And so we waited for hours, like literally two hours before the doctor came in and he brought um, like a portable Doppler machine. I don't know if that's what it's called, but, um, and so he was going to listen for the heartbeat and he put the Doppler on and the baby appeared on the screen and we could see the baby floating. Like we knew that there was no life, but no one, like we had to sit there for 15 minutes before he acknowledged, um, that the baby was, was dead. So we are looking at the screen, you know, we're looking at each other. We're looking at the doctor. No one's like acknowledging each other but my heart is just like pounding in my chest. It was like, it was like the most painful drawn out, you know, 15 minutes of my life. And so he finally turns the machine off and looks at us and says, um, I can't find a heartbeat. So, um, I'll send you for confirmation. Um, and then just gets up and, and leaves. And so we're sitting there like our, our mouths are wide open and we just look at each other and like, I just, everything came crashing in. I, like the realization, the acknowledgement, it all came flooding in. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed to be in such a public environment when I felt that and trying to navigate how I was feeling while also, you know, our neighbors are still carrying on a conversation and they're playing music on their phone. And like we, it was the most horrendous thing I can, I can, you know, out of the whole situation. And so 
I wanted to just get up and leave. And I wish I had known that I could have, but I like, I, I just sat there like a good girl, you know, waiting for them to tell me what to do. And anyway, so after we had confirmation, this was hours later, we were still there, you know, just waiting for them. It was like four or five hours total from getting in the room until they let us go. Um, they let us go. Um, and so she comes in, this lady comes in, um, and tells me, I think, you know, we think you're in pre-labor now. Uh, we're just going to send you home. Um, you're probably just going to feel like you need to have a big bowel movement. Um, and that'll be it. So, uh, here's some pamphlets and good luck call us if you need anything. <laughs> and so I take the pamphlets and then I look at the top one and the top um, pamphlets about um, how to navigate when your partner resents you for the loss of your baby. So I'm like looking at this pamphlet, like, is this protocol? <laughs> like, is this what's normal? Yeah. So we, we take, the, I took the pamphlets like a good girl. I don't even know why I took them, but I took them and we left. Um, and on the way home, I called um, that other traditional birth attendant and she like, I'm so grateful for her because she told me what would really happen. She's like, you're going to go through all the labor stages. Um, it's going to be really painful. You need to hold the baby and smell the baby um, when he's born so that your body knows to stop bleeding mm. um, and go home and do whatever you need to do that makes you feel good. Whether, you know, it's smoking a joint, whether it's taking a bath, a hot bath, like just do whatever you're going to do to calm down. And so we went home and, um, I did that. Um, and over the next like few days, this would have been Saturday. So we would have been, um, I was kind of just like grappling it. Like we were kind of grieving, unsure of what was going to happen. Um, I told my mom and, uh, they, I told Scott and my mom that a midwife would come, um, when the time was right, but like, don't worry. I'll like, you know, I got it. Like I, I, I was so vague about it. And um, she never did make it, um, cause Kate was overseas. <laughs> and so I don't know. I don't even know why, like, I just knew that I was going to do it on my own, but I didn't want to tell them what, like what my plan was. Cause I didn't want the added stress. Um, so Monday morning I woke up and I had, um, just different feelings. I knew I, I woke up and I knew that today was the day. Um, I had this, like, I was so clear and I had this like determination of like, mustering up the courage to get through what I knew was going to happen. And I thinking back, like I knew nothing about birth. Like I really, I've watched a few videos, uh, you know, but not a whole lot. And so, um, the contractions increased. Um, and I met my mom came over and I just labored throughout our little cottage that we were living in. Um, I was so shocked at how my body just knew what to do. Like for knowing nothing about labor, my body just, it, it pulled me into, into positions. Um, it pulled me into locations. Uh, and it was just like this most, like I'd never experienced anything like that before. So I labored, um, throughout the day and around three 30, um, I threw up and I remember vaguely hearing my mom on the phone with the midwife being like, what's happening? Like, what's going on? And the midwife was just like, you know, this is normal. She's probably in transition. Um, yeah, keep going. And so it was like three pushes after that and um, the baby was born. And so I was on all fours on our bed at that 
the time and I turned around and I picked him up and he was just this little boy. Um, and so like foreign looking, like I couldn't believe that something so, um, primal, like isn't, isn't shown or I like, you know, I had, I couldn't find any information on what he might look like, or like, this is just kind of an area in life that's very shadowed and not, um, not expressed. And so I remember just being so shocked at what he looked like and, and holding him and smelling him and, and just kind of, um, taking in what had happened. And so I'm starting to realize that what I'm doing is I'm going through it. Like I'm not delegating. I'm not asking somebody else to, to do it for me. Like I have to do it. And so I'm realizing that doing it means that I can process it as it's happening and there's no trauma to bring with me, you know, for the rest of my life. So I kind of carried that through postpartum. Um, you know, my mom wanted to bury him for us, but I was like, we got to do it. Like me and Scott need to do it together. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, like it needed to be done by who was experiencing it and yeah. not by somebody else. So we kept him for like a week um, and we buried him together. It was, you know, heartbreaking and, and beautiful all at the same time. Like we grieved. Um, my relationship was just like, it had the most beautiful start with this experience. Cause like we just learned how to balance our grieving. Like he would grieve and I would pull through for him and then we'd flip. And it was just like this beautiful dance of, of navigating, um, something. Love. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah so true. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then I guess from that moment, I just realized how much work um, there was to do in myself hmm. and how much I wanted to do to show up for um, future babies in a way that um, was fair to them so that they, you know, I was learning a lot about trauma and just how much um, I can prevent from passing on. And so I really dove in. It was like, this is when I learned about free birth. And so the podcast actually gave me the language for what I had chosen and done. I didn't know about free birth, but I realized that that's essentially what I had. Um, and so I had spent like the next few years just really diving in, um, and getting to know myself and kind of awakening, um, my connection to women and really honoring, um, women in a way that I'd never experienced before and essentially honoring myself and, and, you know, mm -hmm. in the whole circle of that, um, <sighs> So I guess 2018, I had a dream um, and this little girl came to me in the dream and <laughs> she looked so much like my husband. She had kind of darker, darker skin and dark hair and she introduced herself as Magnolia <laughs> and she said that she would be coming in February 2020 and uh, she introduced her brother and her sister. Oh my um, God, what? <laughs> It, it was this so house. wild. Oh. And I, my dreams make no sense. Like I have really weird dreams, but this one was so real. I felt like I could feel her. Yeah. Yes. And so I had to write it down because it was so different from what I was used to. Um, but I learned like her personality and their personalities and mm -hmm. their names and when they'd be born. And it was just like this incredible insight. Um, and also I learned what I needed to do to align with them so that they would come. Because I knew at that moment we weren't aligning and that there would be no, like I wouldn't get pregnant because we weren't on the same page. And so, um, she was very much a feminist and very, um, 
like, you know, all for women and just very, she, like, I, I could, I could feel that. So I dove into that and I really witnessed women. And I, I mean, your podcast, this podcast, um, is really what was the preparation for her birth and for conceiving her because, um, it was like trusting women. And that was the theme of, of her was just learning to trust women and trust myself. And so I started prepping. Um, I learned about conscious conception um, and I, that rung so true to me and, and really aligned with me. Um, so I planned, it was like a year out. Um, I was like, I, th- I could feel that May 2019 would be the month that, you know, I was like, that just feels like the month. And so I, I like cleaned up my eating. I stopped drinking. I um, did some like purging of, of my body and just really wanted um, her house, her, you know, to, to be as healthy as it could be. Um, I didn't want my health to be a factor um, in her pregnancy. And so in it would have been April and I was like, yeah, we should probably start trying now because, you know, May might not happen. Like this is all, you know, a feeling like who knows. And so May we started or April, we started trying. And then in May we conceived and, uh, I knew I was pregnant. Um, I just, I remember driving to work one day, it was about four weeks after and I was driving to work and I all of a sudden realized that I wasn't alone. Like I had this feeling of, um, being influenced by someone else's, um, like energy or, or their, like, it was just the most, yeah, it was so weird. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. And so I get home from work that day and, um, Scott comes over and he's like, I I forgot to tell you this morning that I had a dream last night that you were pregnant and cried. And so I was like, all right, all right. I know I'm pregnant. Um, let's do this. And so I never took a test because I just, that hope, like feeling that hope felt way better to me than having concrete answers. Um, and I knew from my past experience that I would need to carve out space to feel, um, the emotions or the triggers that this pregnancy would cause based on, you know, my first pregnancy. And so, um, I really dove in, I, I ate what I felt like it was really intuitive process. Like my intuition felt like it was at a high when I was pregnant. Um, so I I ate what I wanted. I exercised what felt good. Like I walked a lot. I spent a lot of time in the woods. Um, I learned to set really good boundaries. Um, that felt really good. Um, I learned, like, I enjoyed talking about it. I know a lot of women, um, you know, find it easier not to, to share your plans. Um, and I tried that and it didn't feel good because all I wanted to do was talk about, you know, this different approach. And so anytime anyone asked me, I, I had so much fun talking about why I was doing what I was doing. And, um, the pregnancy was really boring and normal. Like it all just felt so normal and good. Um, so I remember being pregnant with, um, my first pregnancy and feeling so frustrated that I couldn't, um, just do it on my own. Like I had to hire a stranger. I had to get to know them, um, to be comfortable with them. I had to pay them, um, when I wasn't in the position to do so. Um, and I wanted to just do it on my own. And I, I, I didn't because I thought that was so reckless and so irresponsible. And, and, uh, so through the progression of that experience, um, 
I knew the second time around, I would, I mean, I could do it on my own and, and I would do it on my own. And I just wanted emotional support. I wanted to invite two people who knew me best. So I invited my mom and I invited Scott. Um, and I was very clear with them what, you know, these are my boundaries. This is what I need from you. I just need you to make me comfortable if you can, you know, make sure I'm fed and have my water bottle nearby um, and look to me mm-hmm. for direction. Like, don't, don't look for anybody else. Like, I'm going to know exactly what I need um, because I knew the first time. And so, yeah, so they were on board. It took like, I spent my pregnancy kind of just like slowly dropping information here or there that I Mm -hmm. felt was important. Um, And they were, I mean, they were both on board. They were both really excited um, to experience it, but nervous. I mean, they had their own stuff, but I was so solid in knowing that this is what she wanted. Like I could just feel that this is what this baby wanted. Um, And so I was completely willing to honor that. And, and I really wanted her to have the best start to life that she could. And I just fully believe that this is, this was the way to do that. So can you, can you speak to the fear element of just how you navigated fear, particularly because you had a second trimester loss and then, um, you know, and then, yeah, whatever spiritual, discipline you basically turned into, you know, to navigate that. Um, because we have, we have a couple things happening here, right? Like we have just the, just the choice to listen to your intuition and choose free birth, um, which is kind of enormous and unique on its own. And then, um, so I'm wondering about that and just getting to closer into your birthing time, you know, what did navigating fears look like for you? if at all, and then also, you know, moving through that second trimester and, and kind of, yeah, just connecting those dots of, of how you handled that. Sure. Yeah. So I, I definitely did a lot of work, um, in manifesting what I wanted. I realized that talking about, um, the worst case scenario was happening way too much and that Mm. that just feeds into, that energy. And I wanted to put my energy into what I wanted. Um, and so going through the loss, um, as tragic and as heartbreaking as it was, I couldn't help but bear witness to how beautiful it was, um, and how my relationship just had this, the most solid foundation from it. Um, what I had learned about myself, um, I had didn't realize how strong I was or how much pain I could, withstand or how, um, I could listen to what my body was telling me and it was there all along. But when I was in fear, it covered, it covers my intuition and I would feed into that fear rather than, you know, stopping and taking a breath and, and saying, what do I know? Or what do I feel? And so I spent a lot of time, um, under like becoming, becoming one, like understanding that death happens, um, and that everything kind of happens for a reason, essentially, in that, um, there's, you, you can make a choice with your situations. You can dwell on them, or you can kind of dive into the, the negatives of them or the poor me. And I, it was just so clear to me that this was, this happened to elevate me Mm. and to um, wake me up and make me realize that, um, there's always lessons to learn. There's 
you know, every situation that happens is going to push you um, to grow and to, you know, find your center and to, yeah, just, um, it's part of the path, like good things and bad things happen Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's part of life. And so are you going to live your life feeling, you know, scared of what's going to happen? Or are you going to kind of take the reins and, (laughs) and, and steer the, Mm -hmm. steer the horse? Yeah. And co-create. So, um, I had such a solid pregnancy that the last few weeks of my pregnancy were a little, um, like woo woo. Like I was, I kind of felt like I was losing my confidence, losing my, um, my vision. And, and so I was kind of dancing at the end of my pregnancy with like all these emotions. And, um, I was afraid of all of a sudden I was afraid of how bad it would hurt. And, and just these weird things were starting to come up. I had been so solid that I was like, you know, why are these things Mm. coming up now? I'm just about (laughs) to give birth and now I have to navigate this too, but that was part of it. And so I just sat with it. I spent the last two weeks sitting with myself, (laughs) feeling everything and acknowledging it and validating it. Um, and then I knew deep and deep, like somewhere inside me knew that these things needed to click into place in order for, um, her to come. I knew that certain things needed to happen before she came. So it wasn't so much of a waiting game, but like a, a watching to see what happens for, for this transition to come. So I spent the day before her, um, I went into labor, um, with a friend who had just had a baby and, you know, seeing this baby made me excited for what was coming and hmm. less like, you know, ready for, or yeah, more ready for what was going to happen. And, and cause I was comfortable. I was like, the pregnancy is easy. This is, you know, it's a newborn that I'm, <laughs> that I'm all of a sudden realizing I know nothing about. And so I all of a sudden felt at peace with, with having an actual baby at the end of this, because that was different. Um, and so I went to bed that night, you know, wondering how long mm-hmm. um, I was going to be pregnant for. And I woke up at 4.30 and I had strong contractions. They were um, lasting about a minute and they were kind of every three minutes apart. So I literally woke up and it was like, bam, you're in labor. Um, so I, you know, got up, tried to tinkle around the house, tried to clean up a little mm-hmm. bit. And it became so apparent that that wasn't going to happen. So I woke Scott up and I was like, do you feel like meeting your baby today? Cause stuff's happening. And so he got up and my mom came over around seven 30. Um, and we all thought that the baby would be there early, like, you know, maybe in the afternoon because everything was so strong. I mean, I couldn't even talk through the contractions mm-hmm. from the get go. Like I was, you know, completely in the zone um, breathing, you know, focusing on my breathing, um, being very present to what it felt like. Um, and each contraction was the same. (laughs) Like it was really intense. Um, nothing kind of shifted and, um, I felt like almost to my limit at with every contraction. So (laughs) I was like, what, you know, it was a mind trip in Mm. how do I get this? Like, how do I settle into this? Or where's the surrender when, when I, every contraction feels like the end of the world. I was, um, I felt like Mm -hmm. I was being burned alive. Like it was the the heat in my body that would rise every contraction. Mm. Yeah. To only you know, completely flipped to be wow, frozen brutal. as soon as the contraction was over. 
And uh, so I labored and I labored and um, the sun went down. Um, I finally asked mom what time it was and it was 12.05 a.m. So that made me realize that I kind of had this like defeat feeling like, okay, now I have no idea how long this is going to go. You know, if it happened within 20, like the first day, that would have been fine. You know, I, I could handle that, but now I don't know. And so I was navigating, um, (laughs) the marathon of it. Like, you know, how much longer can I do this? Um, my brain started wandering to places like I need to get out of this pain. Like this pain is overwhelming. Like, you know, and then I'd flip to like, you know, breathe, like breathe through it. It's so easily could be pleasurable, but you're so stuck in the pain of it. Like I was just in this internal battle of trying to surrender, but trying to be present as well. And in this, what like I, you know, I remember looking for the surrender. Mm-hmm. I remember totally being like, you know, whatever happens in this in this birth, like I'm ready for it. I'm okay with it decimating me. I'm okay with um, reaching my limits. And yet here I am at my limits. And I'm like crawling back, wanting to, you know, looking for comfort at every corner. Um, so mom and Scott just like, they kept me comfortable. They, they fanned me when I had a contraction. Um, they rubbed my back, you know, there it wasn't, there was nothing anyone could do for me. I knew that I was too deep in it to go anywhere. I couldn't even sit in a car if I wanted to go to the hospital you know, like, I was like, what did I do? Like, I was angry at myself Uh for this choice that I made. Um, And so I started to get to this place where it was so excruciating that I, I was kind of losing it a little bit. And I closed my eyes and I could see this little blue light. And um, the whole pregnancy I had battled, you know, what if this isn't this girl that I'm feeling? What if I have a boy? I'm going to be like, who, who the heck are you? Like, you haven't been with me this whole time. So I see this little blue light and I'm uh-huh. like, shit, it's a boy. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there like in a little pity party for a minute. And then I realized that this little blue light um, is my son and that he's, he's showing me that, you know, pick yourself back up, um, get through this, you know, this isn't going to last forever. Um, you're going to meet your baby soon. Um, you can do this. So I kind of had this new, you know, this new approach and I had realized that I had met, you know, the depths of this, this pregnancy or sorry, this birth. And so I get up and it wasn't 30 minutes later, um, that my water breaks And so I'm like, oh, sweet. Okay. Things are, something's finally moving. You know, this whole time the baby was so high. um, I I checked myself a few times and my cervix was, cervix was nowhere in sight. Um, But finally my water broke. And so I I checked myself again out of curiosity and the baby is still nowhere in sight. So I'm like, man, this is weird. Like, this is not at all like what I've heard or what I witnessed from other women's birth stories and all right, whatever, like I'm just going to go with it. Um, and so I start feeling pushy. And so I was so intrigued by this new, you know, finally something had changed. Like I had had the same contractions for, um, so long. And so finally something had changed and I felt pushy. So I started, this was around, um, midnight still. I, I start feeling pushy 
And so I'm like learning how to push. I'm like, I don't, this is weird. Like I, it hurts, but uh, you know, I'm pushing on nothing, what feels like. And so I start to kind of groove with it and I start to, to listen again. And at the beginning of the contractions, um, I wouldn't feel pushy. I could feel my, my body opening. And then at the end of the contraction, I would feel this, um, you know, insane push urge. So I would finish this long contraction with a really, really strong push. And I continued like this and I could tell that it was my body, um, opening and like it needed kind of some assistance to open. Like I, it was very kind of rigid and stuck. Um, so I did this for a really long time. Um, it's starting to, you know, get into the wee hours of the morning. Um, I could feel myself kind of bulging a little bit. I was kind of flipping between um, laboring on my back Hmm. and laboring on my hands and knees. Um, If I got caught laboring in a position that didn't intuitively feel good, it was unbearable. So I made it a point to, you know, be in the position that felt most Uh good or feel the best, but I was so exhausted. Like my legs were shaking, my wrists hurt. Um, I, you know, was like, how much longer can I physically do this? And so, um, finally I could feel pressure and I had this like another wave of insane determination roll over me, um, that, you know, I can do this and I'm almost there. Um, I can, I'm going to meet this baby soon. And so I started, um, I hardly remember this, but, um, Scott and mom told me that I started kind of chanting these mantras, like, um, you can do this only a few more. Um, I'm not afraid. Um, cause like knowing I knew I was going to tear and this like fear of like the pain of that, um, the ring of fire was so intense and, and I was in that stage for probably an hour. She would kind of, I'd have a contraction. She would come down. Um, I'd reach that limit, that fire, and then she would go back up. And so finally, um, I had a contraction and I, it was really, it was the most intense one. Um, I didn't know it would be my last one. Um, but I, I reached that limit, that fire, and I just kept pushing through it. Um, Mm. and she just like, she flew right out. She fell, I, you know, I was envisioning in my head that I would birth her head and then I'd have to birth her body, but she just like spiraled right out of me onto the bed. Um, and I leaned back and I picked her up and I looked and I saw that she was a girl. And so I was like, it's a girl. And I, pulled her to my chest and I remember she was so slippery and so um gurgly and so foreign looking like she I couldn't grasp her shell um she felt to me like she was who you know I had thought had been with me this whole time but it was now like learning what she looked like um and kind of trying to join Mm. the two of those together and so I was looking at her and I um, sucked some fluid out of her mouth and she, she didn't really cry. Like she just, she was so awake and so alert and looking at me and, and kind of like taking in the feeling of her new surroundings. And I just held her and Scott sat on the bed, um, watching us. And I was just like in awe, like the sting was so painful. 
but also like, you know, mixed with this like incredible euphoria of like, you know, holding this baby that I, I had just gone through the most difficult and most challenging experience ever. And so I looked at one of them and I was like, you know, 45 minutes, remind me, I got a birth placenta. And I was so tired. I was like, God damn placenta. Like so I get up to move. I hand her to Scott. I was like, I just want to, I want to get up to the top of the bed and lay down. And so I hand her to and I just lift my body up and the placenta slides right out. So this was like a minute later. Like I was shocked. I was like, I did not expect mm. that whatsoever. And so I'm like looking at it. I'm like, oh my God, I like, I'm done. Like I can really just lay down now. And so we, we put her placenta in a bowl. Um, he hands her back to me, you know, I kind of get all snuggled in and I'm looking at her and, and I'm just like in complete shock of this beautiful little girl. And I look over and Scott's like completely asleep, like just, just drained, like sleeping with his slippers on and like everything, (laughs) the whole experience had just completely wiped him. And I was feeling like, you know, this was, this would have been the next day. So she was born at, um, like almost exactly 24 hours after her labor started. Um, and I was like wide awake, like I, you know, could go on for days just staring at her. Um, but yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was incredible. And I was like, I am never doing that again. Like what, what did I do to my, like, that was stupid. Like, you know, all these crazy emotions. Um, <laughs> but they quickly were replaced with like, that was the best experience mm-hmm. I could have ever given her. Um, it was quiet and I, you know, and yourself. Yeah. And myself. Yeah. There was so much healing in, in that experience, um, that it was just so incredible and so real and so raw and primal. Mm-hmm. And I would never like not experiencing that would have altered, you know, that experience has altered my life so much and I'm just Mm. so grateful that I somehow have you know have made it here and had had learned about it and chose it for us because she just had the most like she it was so quiet and she just looked at me and like we just got to know each other and like the bond that I felt like we were able to create from such a quiet experience has just Mm -hmm. been so pure right Hmm. <laughs> I just felt like I was there. I could just see it. And I, oh. I have a, a like distant memory of the photos that you shared in the network. So I'm just like pulling <laughs> off of those and just how cool your setup was and the, the softness of your family and just, oh, go mom and Scott too. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I love it. Just, I, I really, it's so touching when, when, you know, when we get to hear stories where the moms of the birthing women hold space, it's so, gosh, just so special and, and hopefully will become more common. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like she, she just like, she knew me best, right? Like she, Mm -hmm. she was able to look to me and let me lead it. I remember at one point I was like, you know, I got to get out of this. Like where, who can help me? (laughs) And she like looked at me, she's like, yeah. That's it. This is birth, Sadie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, like almost, you know, I felt mad at her for not taking, like, mm-hmm. you know, doing more. And then, but it was exactly what I needed because, of course, you know, like, yeah, they were. 
it was a good choice mm. to have the two of them there. So, so, so I know you're only eight weeks postpartum, so it will keep evolving and, and revealing itself. But at this point, can you articulate how, how that whole experience has changed you? It, it, oh man, I'm, I'm absolutely still learning that, but it's, um, made me sure, like, I'm so sure now of myself and my choices and my intuition. Um, and it's played a big role in navigating, um, how to be a mom, um, and how to kind of step into that role of like being a matriarch in your family and shaping your family in a way that you want it to, um, you know, I feel like our postpartum has just been absolute bliss. I mean, we're in a pandemic right now, but my, but our situation, you know, it's almost, it's just incredible. Like it's hardly affected it because, um, we're not processing trauma and we're not, um, you know, I'm just able to be present with her, learn what I need to, um, you know, breastfeeding has been incredible. I was so worried about that. Um, cause that's all I ever heard was stories you yeah. know, of, of it not working out. And she just like, she just latched on right away. Like it was very uneventful, <laughs> you know, like very intuitive. Yeah. I, I remember cause breastfeeding thankfully was also very easy for me. And I remember after a couple days being like, am I missing something? Like, is there something I should be doing? Is the other foot going to drop or what's the expression? Is the other shoe going to drop? Um, like, could it really be easeful, you know, as it, as it was being. And I remember really having to make a conscious choice to let that go. That idea that like, it was going to get hard at some point, or I was going to get mastitis at some point. And I really had, or I chose to look at that thinking and be like, am I willing to let this be easy? Can I just let it be easy? And, and thankfully I got a yes. And and then it continued and continued being so, but I remember that kind of yeah, just like programmed, like you're t- saying from these, these, you know, rampant narratives, you know, all around, um, that it almost made me feel suspicious that it was so easy. <laughs> yes. That is exactly how it went for me. The first few weeks I'm, you know, waiting for, I'm like looking for things, you know, that could mm-hmm. be wrong. Like, you know, her latch, I need to improve her latch and, but it's not painful. And, you know, is she right, eating right, it? Right. Like, <laughs> You know, I think I found a lump. I must have a clogged milk duct. And it's like, oh, uh-huh. no, no, I don't. Like, it was so, um, yeah, just so uneventful that I had to do a lot of work, too, of, of letting that go and, and grasping the reality of what was actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Beautiful. Thank you. So good. Do you have anything else you want to put into the into the talk? I just, yeah, I just want to say thank you for your work because, um, it gave me language. It gave me, um, experiences. I don't know anybody, you know, around me that had free birth. Um, but these women that you, you know, are on the podcast, like it just gave me, um, a sense of reassurance in the way that I felt. And it, um, gave me the confidence to really go through with it. So thank you for, you know, the work that you do, this podcast. Um, I'm so grateful to be a part of the community. Yeah, it's just wonderful. 
Mm, thank you so much. Yeah, it is so cool to see. And now we've been doing the podcast enough years now that people who listen to it now get to come on and tell their stories. And it's just, <laughs> it's so fun. It's such a cool thing that we're all co-creating. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.